imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. And if you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? Good afternoon. What's going on, guys? How's it going, Josh? Uh, hope your hope your family's doing blessed. I know you're having. A, I don't know your wife's pregnant too, and my wife's pregnant. It's it's going. It's a tough time right now. It's a real. Uh, I'm right, in, now, right now it's a lot a lot of work <laughs> for sure for it's sure good. so yeah pray for us guys we both have we both have kids on the way pray, pray. three times a so, day <laughs> all right guys i'm excited to introduce our guest his name is dave gardner um he actually he listens to our show and he has some excellent uh, Bible verses that he always posts on YouTube. And it caught my eye. I was like, wow, this the Bible verses that he's putting up really goes with whatever we're talking about. So he knows how to connect a, uh, a Bible verse to a conspiracy really well. So uh, Dave Gardner, how you doing, bro? Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I am so glad you're here too. I, I really like uh, what you know your your train of thought and how you study the Bible and and guys, this is going to be an interesting show. Um, so we're going to talk about the the seven year tribulation, guys. Okay, um, the way we're taught Calvary Chapel. Me and Jason are both uh, you know pretty much Calvary Chapel people, or or you know. Uh, hey, I'm uh, I don't claim a church. I don't claim. I don't don't. Disagree. Okay, how can I, I put this? Okay, seminary school. Don't don't put me as I was taught my own way. I'm learning my own way. I whatever okay. I see and hear, I'm going. I'm just going what the Bible says. I'm not going okay. by what what anything else was taught to me. I'm going by what the Bible says. So don't say like, by Calvary Chapel or by no no no. I got a lot of different references from myself and and and, and other books. I just don't go by. Chuck hey guys, 
you know, just Chuck Smith is rendered. No, no, he's, yeah. a, he's a great pastor. I'm not gonna lie. He knows that. You know, he knows his Bible. <clears throat> but there's there's things in there that obviously, if you're a prophecy buff, I'm I am. I love prophecy. I love I love to see how it goes. But as a Gentile, it's different for me because I look at prophecy as a fulfillment. Something's told and something is fulfilled. But Jews Jews look at it as like it's like more like repetition for them it's it's uh it's prophecy as like the, the, it's it's repetition so like how joseph is and daniel is kind of like they're kind of the same like like they're both were taken captive they both went to took got high under high powers and into governments and into big huge places like egypt was the world and and at that time uh uh when daniel and their babylon was the idiom of the world and and then he went to Persia right after that. So he was twice, he was the head of the thing. So this is a good prophecy to go to, but yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of different verses in the Bible that point towards, to point towards it. And, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's you just got, I just go by so, the Bible. That's all. So guys, the reason why I said Calvary Chapel is because I've, I've been, I've gone to Calvary Chapel churches. I've studied Chuck Smith, Chuck Missler, Raul Reese, a lot of different pastors. And this is the way that we, you know, the seven year tribulation is what, We've been taught. So Dave has a really good view of it. So Dave, go ahead, man. Start it up and let's get sure. this show on the road. <laughs> sure. So let me tell you a little bit about my background too. Uh, I, I was raised in a Baptist church. Uh, so uh, whether you're told it's the dispensational view or not, that, that's what I learned. And uh, I did attend, actually attend a, a Calvary chapel here locally in the area that I live in for about five years. So I'm uh used to be in the same club as you guys. So when COVID hit, uh, I started doing a deep dive like a lot of us did. And, you know, I already knew about the, the global cabal and the banking conspiracy and stuff like that. My dad had told me about that. So I'd already learned to question things. Uh, but when, when COVID hit, I did a deeper dive. I wanted to know what's going on. Is this stuff related to Bible prophecy or is it not? And so the first thing I had to do was was learn my own system, learn dispensationalism, right? And so uh, I like I like how you guys are open to different viewpoints. Uh, the word is the only authority, not man's tradition or anything like that. Uh, one sure. of the books uh, that I bought was a book by uh, Clarence Larkin. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. It's about a hundred years old. Yeah, that's oh, that. Wow. I, I I love that. I I love that you're 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 referring to him because. I think Robert Breaker refers to him as well in one of his in one of his yeah uh, shows. That's, that's where those guys get all those uh you know funny looking funny looking graphs you know he, he was a he he was a drafter right so you'll see yeah. like stuff like that right yes oh, oh my dad had the, yes, my yes. dad had that book actually Jay huh that's the book I was talking about oh the dad had okay. <laughs> That's the book I was talking about because he talks about how it deals with people, deals with the Israel every 490 years, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I see that, 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 that you have to understand though, this was being believed before that though. This wasn't just, that's like in the 1800s. They, they were, they, they didn't just come out that in the 1800s though. They were some of the, um, if you go through history, they did believe they, 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 they believed in, in, in some sort of something like that. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not just that old. Can't be just a hundred years old. Go, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So 
anyway, I'm going to read right from the guy himself. And this book was written in uh, around 1920. And uh, so uh, he, he says here, and what you have to understand about the book of Revelation is there's three predominant views. There's the, the futurism view, which uh -huh. is the dispensationalism, that the, the book of Revelation is going to be, for the most part, fulfilled in the future. And then there's the preterist view, which is the view that it was, uh, you know, totally fulfilled by 70 AD and the destruction of Jerusalem. Very few people believe that one. And then there's the historical viewpoint. Uh, the historical viewpoint means that the book of Revelation is historically fulfilled, you know, throughout the timeline of the church and that the, the symbolism in the book of Revelation is linked to uh, the, the different things. So there's those three different views, future, preterist, yeah. path, and, and historic. Um, now, why is there so much controversy over these things why why are we so divided over these things and i wanted to point out a couple things in the book of revelation just just to start with before we dive Perfect. into daniel and Let's the origin of 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 the future 70th week of daniel so if you go to revelation 1 1 the first verse it says the revelation of jesus christ which god gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant john so the two things I wanted to point out in that verse, verse one is shortly come to pass and signified it. So signs, right? So then the uh, next things I wanted to point out, if you go to verse three, it said, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written within for the time is at hand. So the book of Revelation self-declares that you can read it. You can hear it and understand it and keep it. So it's not, it's not a complicated book. You know, it shouldn't be, but obviously leave it up to in, infallible human beings and, and we mess everything up. So when you get to the end of the book of Revelation, there's this, this blessing is repeated. He says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. That's Revelation 22, 7. And then the book ends with a curse, and we're all familiar with that. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things that are written in the book. So some, some good blessings, but some pretty severe consequences on dealing with this book. And most yes. churches pretty much ignore the book they don't even, they don't even touch it right yeah so i agree then i wanted to point out in revelation 16 15 i think i told you about this one josh there's a, there's yes. a warning and in revelation 16 you have the seven bowls being poured out and the world is being gathered for the battle of armageddon and out of out of left field comes this this warning red letter words from jesus and he said behold i come as a thief Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So the question would be, who is that warning to as the world is gathering together for the battle of Armageddon? And if you go to chapter three, the last church of the seven, Laodicea, verse 17, it says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And thou knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, 
blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold dried in fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou may see. So it's a, the, the description there almost fits perfectly. Well, to, to me, it fits perfectly. Blessed to see that watch it. Well, you can't watch if you can't see if you're blind and you can't keep your garments and walk naked and see your shame. So the same description there. So to me, he's talking to the church of Laodicea saying, hey, you wake up. And if you go to the church above, the church of Philadelphia, there's an open door for the church of Philadelphia. And he says, because you have kept my word two times, right? He says it two times. And then he says, because you've kept my word, I will keep you from the hour of temptation that will come on the whole world to try those that dwell in it. So my contention is you go to Laodicea, they have a closed door and Jesus is standing there knocking. And if anybody opens the door, Jesus will come in and sup with him. So open door for Philadelphia, closed door for Laodicea. Laodicea is ignorant of their own condition, right? They think they're in rich and increasing goods and need nothing. So you have, you have that contrast. So Revelation 16, 15, in the historical viewpoint, it, it puts Laodicea right there on the timeline. So the warning is to Laodicea. It's not to uh, people over in modern day Israel that, you know, Antichrist is coming upon you. It's, it's to the saints here. Well, can, can, I, can, I, can I interject? But that's, that's to the church, churches. That's not, this is, this is he's talking to the churches of, of the, these are Gentile the churches, not the Jews. The seven-year tribulations that, that, that goes on in Daniel, those are for Jews. Those are for, that, 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 that is just strictly for the Jews. If they're going to, if there is a seven-year prophecy, I don't know if there is or not, but, but when, if you take it mathematically and you go mathematically through it, and you go through, you take Jeremiah's, you take Jeremiah's account in, in, in Jeremiah 25, 11, and 12. But the revelation stuff you're talking about, I can I, I can see what you're talking about, but the timeline that do you take it as a timeline as we're in the church of Laodicea now, or because the timeline of the church age is about two thousand years. Am I about that right? Am I correct or no? Yeah, I mean we're that's where we are right now. So we're where the, uh, yeah, the apostasy comes, and this is the apostates. Yeah. Yes. Even 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 a dispensationalist Clarence Larkin says that uh, in his graph he puts the seven churches laid out over the church age. So, and they uncannily match the periods of time of history throughout the whole church age. So, do you yeah, agree? In the last, but do you agree on that? With that, what he's saying? Do you agree with what he's saying on uh, in the book? Do you do you agree with those 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 timelines? Or? Yeah, the, the historical viewpoint and Clarence Larkin's viewpoint, uh, they they match. So yeah, that I, that I, part I, of it I, does. I yeah, he's yeah. saying that that so, part matches you. I, so am I. I'm agreeing with him on that, and and I, and I like okay. so, because I agree with him. I agree with you 100, Dave. Right now, on what you're saying that we are in the Church of Laodicea right now on the timeline. I agree. Okay. With you. So this is good. I like this. You're, you're, we're having good church right now because we're all in agreement right now. I like this. This is great. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get to where we don't agree. So anyway, we, so going back to yeah, going back to this book right here from a from a dispensationalist. Okay, he he tells us right in chapter one where the preterist uh, viewpoint and the futurist viewpoint 
uh, originate from. And here's what he says. He goes, the Preterist school was originated by Jesuit Alcazar. His view was first put forth as a complete scheme in his work on the apocalypse and the events of the apostle uh, John's life in AD 1614. And it affirms that the whole prophecy was fulfilled in the destruction of Jerusalem by Titus. So it comes from a Jesuit. And uh, the purpose of the scheme was transparent. It was to relieve the papal church from the stigma of being called the harlot church and the Pope from being called the antichrist. This view is now but little advocated. So I, I've only run into one, one person in my whole lifetime that believed in this view. And it was a, a friend of mine uh, that is a, a Catholic. <laughs> so he believed the whole book of revelation was, uh, was the Eucharist, I guess. So okay. that's what he told me. So okay, on. hold on. Okay, so we have, so we basically, guys, what the, what they're saying is a jet, which back in the day, people probably read through that and didn't even, that, that probably didn't even register with them. But now that a lot of people are awake to the Jesuits now, when you read that now, you're like, oh, hold on, let me look into this now. And I'm pretty sure that you probably looked at that, Dave, and you are like, whoa, a Jesuit? Right. They came out with the Big Bang. They came out with a lot of different things that we, as Christians, better disagree with, right? So well, I understand why you're looking into it. So oh, Daniel then. So, so, so then there's the historical viewpoint, which I already covered, and that is the, that's the viewpoint that the book of Revelation is historically fulfilled. And this was actually the reformers viewpoint and the Protestant church all the way up to about the 20th century. Now the futurist school, that's where we're going with this, interprets the language of the apocalypse literally except such symbols that are named. Uh, in its present form, it may have said to have originated at the end of the 16th century with a Jesuit, Francisco Ribera, who actuated by the same motive as the Jesuit Alcazar sought to rid the papacy of the stigma being called the Antichrist, and so referred the prophecies of the apocalypse to the future. So in my, in my studies, I found that uh, historically, and, and this stuff doesn't matter because in the end, the scripture alone is the only authority. And that's where I eventually want to go with this is going into that brother look at the scripture. But historically, uh, you know, when I've, when I've told, you know, my dispensational brethren or, or family members, I said, look, the oldest it, and this is Daniel 70th week being future. Historically, it goes back to these two, this Jesuit. And so both the preterism and the futurism, both came out of the Counter-Reformation. Because remember, the Jesuit order was created in like 1540. 1540, yeah. The sole purpose was the Counter-Reformation. To go against the Protestants. Yeah, to, to counter the Correct. Reformation, to go against the Protestants for sure. Correct. Oh, yeah, Jason, I forgot to tell you, Jason. Let me let me just update you real quick. Yeah. Dave is, dude, this guy, he knows the Jesuits really well as well. So that's another thing. So he is, he he. the reason why he started listening to our show was because of Johnny Cerucci. That's, that's how he yeah. heard about us. So I forgot to tell you about that part. He is a strong uh, advocate of the Jesuits, and he knows a lot about the Jesuits. So I just want to let you know that too. That's that update you on that. Great. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> he knows the Jesuits. I'm just saying that, that I don't. I just read let the him go through. I take it literally, so I don't. He's take, gonna take. What? He's gonna go over some great stuff, bro. So let's 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 get it on. I'm not. I'm gonna have to go. I'm here. Coffee right now. Can I go get more coffee? You guys want to chat up for a second? Grab some more coffee. Go ahead. All right, go ahead, Dave. Right. So, so Daniel chapter nine. Before we dive into Daniel chapter nine, now the seven-year tribulation 
you know, can only be found, you know, in its entirety in, in Daniel's 70th week. So, and, you know, I've asked other people and they said, well, there's the, the 42 months and the, you know, there's, there's five different timelines in, in the book of Revelation, but there's nothing that says seven year tribulation. There's two 42 month periods. There's two yeah. 1,260 days. And there's, a, yep. and there's a time times and a half a time. So there's five different occasions where different times are given. If you add those up, it, it'd be three and a half years. It'd be yeah. 17.5. If, unless all three are the same time period, but I don't yeah. think they are because the woman goes and flees to the wilderness and, and, Revelation 12, two times, you know, once for a time, time and half a time and once for 1260 days. So where we get the, the seven year tribulation is Daniel's 70th week. So before we dive into chapter nine, I just really wanted to cover the three, co- the three main covenants that really matter to uh, any believer uh, in, under the new covenant. And the three covenants, of the Old Testament that really matter in the New Testament are the Abrahamic covenant, the Moses Sinai covenant, which is the law and the Davidic covenant. So those three are the big three uh, that transpose into the New Testament, right? That are, that are really important. Uh, the Abrahamic covenant is an everlasting covenant and it is, doesn't have any strings attached to it. Right. It's, it's because yeah, God walked God did it himself. He, Put Abraham right. in a deep sleep and, and walk the walk the ceremony himself. Right. <clears throat> so the Abrahamic covenant ends up being uh, the new covenant promised, you know, again in Jeremiah 31, Ezekiel 36, and Deuteronomy chapter 30, and in other places too. But those are the three main places. And we know it was uh, becomes the gospel because Paul says it's the gospel in Galatians chapter three. He says that the gospel was preached to Abraham in saying in thee. I will bless all nations, right? Yeah. And then in verse 16, he says, one seed, not seeds of many, one seed, which is Christ. And at the end of the chapter, he says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. So that's the Abrahamic promise. The, the law of Moses had a big if in it, right? And, and I think it's Exodus 19 and then Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30. There's a if you obey, you have these blessings. If you do not, then you have these curses, right? So that one had strings, an if clause, right? And then the Davidic promise was, uh, you know, that the seed of David would be uh, sit on on his throne everlasting, which is, which is Christ at the right hand of the Father. So uh, the Davidic one and the Abrahamic one didn't have strings attached to it, but the law did. So let's dive mm-hmm. into Daniel chapter 9. And okay. I'll kind of highlight a few verses just to get context before we get down to the 70 weeks. So okay. at the beginning of the chapter, uh, he starts out in verse two and, and he's, he's praying and he's saying, uh, you know, I, I have a copy of the prophet Jeremiah's book that was written, uh, you know, 150 years or so sooner. And he says uh, in there, you're saying we would be you know, in Babylon for 70 years and, you know, uh, clock's ticking and, uh, you know, please remember us. (laughs) So that's kind (laughs) of how he starts out the chapter. So in verse four, in verse four, we'll zone into that one. And it says, Daniel is praying to God and he says, and I prayed unto the Lord, my God and made my confession and said, Oh Lord, the great and dreadful God, 
keeping the covenant and, and mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments, okay? So the big question is, you know, what covenant is that? Is that the Abrahamic, the Moses, or the Davidic? Now, if we keep reading, we'll, we'll find out real quick. Uh, verse five, we have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in the time of our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to the people of the land. So you, you go down and he's, you know, saying we, we haven't obeyed. So verse 10, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured out upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him, and he hath confirmed his words. So he's, he's saying we broke the law of Moses, and the curse is poured out upon us, but please remember the covenant and promise to Abraham and, and have mercy upon us. Right. So that in verse four is the Abrahamic covenant. So he goes through this, this, this stuff about them sinning and they're in the curses on them and, and all that stuff. So we'll zip down to, uh, Gabriel comes, Gabriel sent with the message. And in verse 24, so much is packed into these four verses. It's, it's absolutely yeah. un unbelievable. unbelievable. It is. This is, this is where, this is where like, this is where like everybody is. This is the spot right here where I'm hearing pastors talk and they, they say the same exact thing. It's a lot put into these verses. And uh, Gabriel real quick, Gabriel is usually the, um, Gabriel is usually the messenger of the Messiah, right? He always comes with a message of, of, of something from, yes, from the Messiah. Yes, he does. Okay. All right. Just, just wanted to put that in there. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good good one there. And he was held up for some time trying to get there. So. Oh, yeah, guys, he was going through. Okay, so you guys got to understand that he was saying that he was going through, like he came from the third heaven down, and he had to go through a spiritual battle just to get there. It took like three weeks to get there, correct? But Yes, but listen, he says he has a, the prince of the power of Persia, right? But he also says, yes, go back and fight the prince of power of Greece. Greece wasn't until 200 years later. So that's, that's how, how, you know what I'm saying? How he's, he's also telling you, in a, in a, I, I believe he says that. And is, 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 I, I think, I, I think I, if I read that later on, I'm, I'm pretty sure he says that there. I think. Uh -huh. it's interesting. I, but, go. but yeah, but, but, but if we're going to go, are we going down to, uh, right now, going to the last four? Uh, Daniel 924. Daniel 924. Yeah. The actual prophecy is going to be told. So can we, we can get into a lot of other uh, verses through the Bible that, cause I, when you were talking about the Abraham covenant, I remember that, that, that what, what uh, God, God was Abraham's friend. So he gave him knowledge of what was going to happen to, to, to what was happening where he in Babylon when he was there. So also he's, he's giving knowledge to Daniel, who is a beloved person who him and Joseph and the whole Bible are not talked evil upon. So this Daniel is a very beloved person. So he's getting the lowdown on what's going to happen right now. So he knows that he knows the 70 years of uh, in Babylon captivity is almost up. So he's about to, he's trying to, uh, he's about to get some knowledge dropped to him right now. This is, this is a very, it's, it's, it's a very cool, 
cool prophecy and, and, and I like that. And, but it's a prophecy that still, I feel like it's not, not fulfilled. That's what I think, but we can, we can still we'll go, we'll go through that though. <laughs> He's about to go right now. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's, let's run through this. So in verse 24, we get the context and the purpose of the 70 weeks. Okay. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, make an end to sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Okay. Those six items. So uh, can any person fulfill those six items or are we talking about the gospel here? Yeah. It's those. Right. Right. So all these things make an end to sins. The purpose and context of Daniel's 70 weeks is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise that Paul says is the gospel. Right. Yes. So, so this is the purpose of the 70 weeks. Okay. And then, so that that's verse 24 and we'll, we'll come back to that because there's some important things in there. So let me run through the whole thing and then you guys can throw in some other scriptures if you want, but uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time here, but 25. Take your time. Just do your basically, thing. Yeah. 25 basically says when the Messiah is going to come and from the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah prince shall be seven weeks, three score, two weeks, and the streets shall be built again and the wall, even in troubled times. So we won't get too deep into that discussion, but most people, uh, thinks think think it's uh artaxerxes in in 457 bc so, yeah that's also but you gotta say that that's that where they come up with that three score three scores is 20 that's 60 plus the seven that's seven plus that two weeks is nine so that's 69 weeks that's mathematical right. you're gonna look at it that way that's 69 weeks there's so that last that last week's not fulfilled yet so we'll get we'll get to that so he's the, saying six, 69 weeks until the messiah Right. So 69 weeks until the Messiah. So 483 years. Yes. And then we'll go to so we'll go to 26 and it says after the 69 weeks, I'm going to paraphrase these three score things after the 69 weeks. So not during the 69th week after the 69th week. So the 70th week would be after the 69th week. So Messiah will be cut off, which is the same language that you see in Isaiah chapter 53 about the, the suffering servant uh, cut off from the land of the living. So uh, that's that's death, obviously. Because they say Jesus's ministry was three and a half years. And and some people believe that, that there's another three and a half years. That's when the tribulation will, because the Jews rejected their Messiah. So God said, OK, you want to you want to. You want to reject your Messiah instead of instead of 70 years, you owe me. Because in Chronicles, he does say you owe me 70 years. That's why they went in captivity in the first place in, in Babylon. And he says, yep. now you owe, now you owe me 2,000 years. Okay, so I'll come back because the Jews, I feel like he's saying that's what I feel like that's what he did. That's what I believe. I believe that he's okay. with the Jews because a lot of because there's a lot of Gentiles in this world that needed to be saved. They're still there, we're, we're yeah. that's, well, what we'll, I, that's what I believe. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Well, we can, so we can, we can inject what we believe in there, but what I would like to do is tie it to as much scripture as possible. So, so that's what I'm going to try to do here. So he's cut off, but not for himself. So we know that that's his death. And obviously it was not from his doing and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, a lot of people will try to make this into a new prince, 
but we're just told that the Messiah Prince is coming, right, in 69 weeks. So the people, the prince that shall come, if you go into the Gospels and you do a word search on this generation, you will pull up all the scriptures of this generation. And then you go to John uh, 1.11 and it says, he came unto his own and his own received him not, right? He came unto the he was came unto the Jews, and the Jews did not receive him. Right, right. So the people of the prince is not the Jews throughout history, it's the Jews of the time of Christ. It's that generation. That's why the gospels keep talking about this generation. And uh, so you know, I I give you a couple examples. So obviously John 111, he came unto his own, his own received him not. And he says, uh, you know, Matthew 23, 35 through 36, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from righteous blood of Abel to Zacharias, son of Barcaeus, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily, verily, I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. So you see this, this generation played out over and over and over, which is the generation that uh, got, got destroyed at the uh, destruction of Jerusalem, the ones that did not believe in Christ, the ones that believed in Christ. Obviously, we, can't, we don't have time to go into all of the discourse tonight, but uh, all of the discourse, a good portion of it is about the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, the futuristic view likes to take the whole thing and say it's all future, talking about the tribulation. So uh, some other ones that are pretty important, you know, he says, uh, Dave, do you believe in the rapture? Do you believe in the, do you believe in there's a rapture or do you believe in uh, it's already that already happened? No, I don't believe the rapture already happened. Um, but the only, you know, the two, the two rapture passages that people will point to is first Corinthians chapter 15 and, and first Thessalonians chapter four, uh, first Corinthians chapter 15 doesn't even say that at all. If you get, if you read up about 20 verses, it says, and then comes the end when the kingdom of God will be handed up to the father for Christ must rule till he puts all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy is death. So you have that in first uh, Corinthians chapter 15, first uh, Thessalonians chapter four, those who are alive remain will be caught up in the air together with him. And there will be with him uh, forever. Sure. Yeah. I believe that. But the question is, when is that event? Not if, it's going to happen, but so yes, I yeah. believe first Thessalonians chapter four will happen, but the when is the key. Just yeah, just so our audience knows, guys. Okay, and then you guys, if you guys listen to the end times that I went through, uh, some believe that if they do believe in this seven-year tribulation, they believe there's going to be a pre-rapture, there's going to be a mid-rapture, and there's going to be a post-rapture. Um, so that's just somebody's belief. So that's why Jason is asking you that question, I believe. Right, right. <laughs> no, no. It could be pre-rapture or anything. Yeah. So back to the, this generation in Luke 19, Jesus says something uh, pretty important. He said, when he was come near, he beheld the city, wept over it, saying, if thou had known at least this day, the things that belong to thy peace, but are now hid from thine eyes for the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round, keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Right. So that was this pretty important, uh, pretty important stuff there to get to get that context. Now, there was 
I mean, you read the book of Acts, you, you get the church of Jerusalem and you get 3000 saved at the, at the speech of uh, the sermon of Peter at Pentecost, 3000 souls in one day. So what happened to those people? Well, they saw the sign in 66 AD of the first general that came and surrounded the city and then inexplicably packed up and left. So the Christians saw the sign, they got out. It's recorded they went across the Jordan River to the Decapolis region to Pella and escaped the wrath of Titus that came. Yes, so, sir. Good. Yeah, you know your history as well. That's that that is correct. Because no. there is a record that no Christian that, that that when that probably when he said that that no Christian was killed in that and it was recorded killed in that in that uh when they from there. That's that's a, there you go. That's a good that's a good 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 way to point that out. Good job. I like that. Right. Thank Cheers. you. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I was studying that earlier today. I was just reading about that earlier today. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's some good history there, and and you get that right out of the all of it discourse out of uh, right out of his warning. So Matthew, out of Luke, out of Mark, they all they it's yeah. all recorded. So you know it's very important. It's recorded in three gospels, right? And and to compare all three together side by side because. Luke offers some things that Matthew doesn't because Luke, remember, was a traveling companion with Paul. Yes. So his audience was a Gentile audience. So he actually gives a little more information about the desolation, what it is, the Roman army. He gives a little more information in there. Yeah. And Mark is more of like, he was more like a Peter's assistant. So it sounds like he was more like, it's more action in, in, in Mark's. If it's like, like you said, if it's grass, it's green grass. If it's, if it's, if it's, you know, I mean, he, he, he really puts it out to where it's more action in that, in, in type of that, in those verses. Dude, I, I like the way this is going, because because if you go to, if you go to Matthew, if you go to Matthew 24, 4, it says, it says, don't let no man deceive you. And I like that, because if you're doing your studies, don't let any man deceive you. So if you're diligent, even, even if you're wrong about it, I think when you get to heaven, God will go, hey, you were diligent in your studies. You killed it. Some of the stuff you might have been wrong or right on, but you know what? You were diligent and you know what? You came up and you didn't just believe what they told you. So, Dave, good, good, that's, good what, that's what he's doing with this uh, 70 week. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah, you're right, Jason. Good job, man. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. God is great, man. Yeah. This is, this is yeah, good stuff. One other, one other verse I wanted to put here. I, I can't find the reference, but uh, at, at, when Pilate washes his hands of, uh, of Jesus, he says, hey, I don't want his blood on my hands. The crowd cried out, let his blood be upon our heads and the blood of our children. Okay, so, and, and it came down upon them because the ones that rejected him, they knew not the time of their visitation. So let's go back to Daniel 9.26. So the people of the prince that shall come and destroy the city of the sanctuary is the Jews of that generation. And, and I know a lot of people would say, well, that was the Romans that came and destroyed the city and the sanctuary. Well, not necessarily. The Romans came because God commanded it, but the Jews, because of their revolting against the Roman empire, brought it down upon their heads. But Jesus is saying the true reason is because you rejected me. So, but at, at even a physical level, if you go into uh, Josephus' account, Wars with the Jews, uh, he actually writes that the Jews set fire to their their temple. You if, know? Through history, you're correct, Dave, because it was the Jews that were causing the problems back then. It wasn't the Romans. When the, Ro the, when the Romans came in, it wasn't, the Romans were the good guys. 
if you talk, if you look through Luke, Luke, Luke gives centurions and all the those he gives them props. He, there was those were the good guys. It was the Jews that were causing problems back then, and people don't understand that. They think that it was this oh the the the, the Romans were the bad guys. They were the killing the Jews, but no, it was the Jews that were causing problems back then. Another good point, Dave. I'm gonna say, man, we whatever <laughs> it is, I I agree with you on a lot of stuff. Ronnie Stewart, and what you're kicking is. Is, yeah. like it. All right, let's, let's keep going. So anyway, Josephus records, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he actually begged for them to, to surrender and they wouldn't. And now he, he says, you, you have now set fire to your own temple. So, uh, so they, they were the ones that destroyed their own city and sanctuary. So that's who the people of the prince that shall come are here. And the end thereof shall be a flood, and to the under the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now we go to Daniel 9, 27. And he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Now in the original Hebrew, the word for is not there, but the King James translators put it in there for uh, continuity. At least that's the translation oh. I'm using. So what it should read is, he shall confirm a covenant with many, and then it just says one week so one week's left so the person that comes and confirms the covenant there's one week left okay and in the midst of the week he shall cause sacrifice and obligate in the obligation to cease and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate so the covenant confirm the covenant the covenant already has to exist to confirm it Okay, and in the context of Daniel chapter 9, what covenant are we talking about? What is the context and purpose of Daniel's 70 weeks? It's to finish the transgression, make an end to sins, reconciliation for iniquity, bring in after everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and the prophecy, and anoint the most holy. You know, I know we're all told this is a peace treaty with modern day Israel and some Islam countries. It's not yeah. in there, it's, it's totally out of context. So is there any other verses in the Bible that I can go to to support Antichrist confirming a covenant or a peace treaty with anybody? And, you know, the answer is no, I, I can't find it. But what about Christ, right? What about Christ? Well, Matthew 26, 28, when we do communion once a month in our churches, you know, we hear these words for this is my blood of the new testament the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins that's matthew 26 28 right so this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins and you go to daniel 9 27 and it says he shall confirm a covenant with many and verse 24 to make an end for sins for remission of sins right yes so, so that he that he shall confirm the covenant with many. A lot of people that, that believe in the seven-year tribulation believe that the he is the Antichrist, correct? Right. But, but if I said, hey, Josh is going to run to the store, and then he's going to go down to the, the health club and work out, and then he's going to come home, am I talking about Josh or am I talking about the Antichrist? You know. So the he yeah. is the prince in verse 26 and the prince in verse 25. It just continues yeah. down. So in the 70 weeks, it's all about the, the Israel as a nation or the Jewish nation at that point, kingdom of Judah and the Messiah. So that's what it has to do with. So the people in the whole 70 weeks are the Jews and 
the prince and the he or the Messiah. That's what it's about. And it's about the Abrahamic covenant. It's about the gospel. You know, verse 24 is your context of what it's what it's about. So that's that's one verse. But now let me hit down some other verses. Uh, Mark. And, and just keep your thought on he shall confirm a covenant with many and the yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, and the purpose definitely. in verse 24. Okay, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Romans 15, 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him are yes, that's in Christ. Galatians 3.17, and this I say, that the covenant was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which, which was 430 years later, so this is the Abrahamic covenant, the law cannot disannul, and it should take make the promise of none effect. Uh, Hebrews 8, 6, now that he, Christ, obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Hebrews 9, 15, and for this cause, he, Christ, is the mediator of the New Testament, by that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Uh, Hebrews 9, 6, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, author and finisher of our faith. For who the joy that was set before him endured the, cro endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, Hebrews 12, 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead of our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, that through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So Hebrews 13, 20 talks about the everlasting covenant, which is the Abrahamic covenant. See? So now going back to, so that's that's confirming the covenant, the scriptural support that Christ confirmed the covenant. And of course, we know that the, the list of six items in verse 24 can only be accomplished by Jesus Christ. And the covenant that Daniel is praying for in verse four is the Abrahamic covenant because it has no strings. Yeah. It, it becomes what we know as the gospel. So, so if you add up the years and the 70 weeks, Jesus shows up at the end of the 69. So at the start of the 70th week. Okay. And like Jason was saying, three and a half years later, he was crucified. So halfway through the seven weeks, he's crucified. Right. So, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause sacrifice and obligation to cease. Right. Yes. So from that point forward, Fulfill prophecy right there. He's he's fulfilling prophecy as as you're talking right there. Right. Yeah. So in Matthew twenty seven fifty, Jesus, when he had cried out with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, from top to bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. So God tore the temple veil in two, signifying no more need for sacrifices. So that 
Wicked Generation, of course, they redid the uh, curtain and kept the sacrifices going. But from that point forward, no sacrifices did anything. And no sacrifices did anything in the first place. The writer of Hebrews says that the, that the blood of goats and sheep never covered anybody's sin, ever. Uh, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. So the veil tearing is a type of, you know, Christ's flesh. So through Christ, you now have access uh, to the Father, right? Yep. So... And, and it's one sacrifice once and for all. So veil torn, God ended the sacrifice and obligation with the veil torn, signifying it. Uh, Hebrews 7.27, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up a sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for he did once when he offered up himself. So one sacrifice once and for all. So let, me, let, me just, let, let me do something real quick. Hold on, Jason. So... On on the uh, so on on the seven year tribulation, the way that people interpret the, what he's going through right now, guys, is that he is the antichrist. It says that and the in the midst of the week shall cause the sacrifice to stop to cease. What people are saying is that the third temple is going to be rebuilt, uh, that this and that the antichrist after the three and a half years is going to stop put a stop to the sacrifices because they're supposed to be sacrificing again. So they're they're putting. So they're putting basically uh, the, the Antichrist in the he spot, just letting you guys know. So what Dave is saying is that he is the Messiah, okay? If you guys aren't getting this, I'm getting what you're – I totally get what you're throwing down, bro. That's why That's why I'm trying to explain it. Um, oh, I don't know what that was. Oh, sorry. That must have been a phone call coming in. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this is great. So, guys, this is this is all good stuff. So, Jason, the, the way that the way that all of our – some of the pastors that, that I've been studying are explaining this – is that's where they're getting the, the the 70th week and that this is the Antichrist and all that stuff. This is the spot. So what Dave is saying that they're actually talking about the Messiah here and what, what some of the stuff that I've been studying is saying that that is the Antichrist. So that's interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. So yeah, thanks for that, Josh. I was getting, so I was getting into the verses that supported the, he is the Messiah, but I mean, you yeah. see the context and purpose of the 70 weeks in Daniel chapter nine. Uh, so for the opposite for, you know, it not to be Christ for it. To, and you couldn't have an any polar opposite. It's either Christ or it's the devil's man in the future. Okay. That's, so it's kind of a big deal, you know, and both can't be right. One of them, you know, both could be wrong, could be a third party maybe, but, but yeah. one, one is right. One's wrong. Okay. So, uh, but the entire eschatology of futurism rests upon the, he being antichrist. So, I just want people to know that it's a big so, spot. That's why I wanted to like, kind of like, yeah, I wanted to talk yeah, about that. Or it's more <laughs> than just a seven year tribulation. It's also the sep, you know, it's also saying national Israel has another week to go. Okay. The old covenant has another week to go. Right. It is a big deal. It changed. It actually isn't just eschatology. It's going to change your whole viewpoint of the new Testament and the new covenant. Like I don't view the church in Israel separate. I view the beginning of the church was all Jews. It was all Jews in Jerusalem. They're the ones that brought us the gospel. They're the ones that wrote the, the New Testament. And there were thousands of them coming uh, to, to Christ in Jerusalem with the preaching of the apostles and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at 
at Pentecost. And even in one point in the book of Acts, it says a multitude from the priesthood came into the faith. Matthew would have too. A lot of, but, yeah, a lot, but you see a lot of Pharisees came in and stuff like that, but you don't see any, you don't see any Sadducees that came into there. So they were like, those are like the liberals that were typing in the Bible. They never really caught, they never really got the whole spiritual part of it. They, the, the, but a lot of the Pharisees that were spiritual, they came, they came to Christ because they're like, oh man, this is, this is the way. And, and that's, it's, 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 it's uh, Matthew was the too. It's like, it's like, you got to understand, he got converted. Uh, Paul was a, Paul was a, Hard. All of them were. All of them had to have been Jewish. <laughs> they were I'm saying they were there. Yeah. But but Luke wasn't a Jew. Mark 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 uh, Mark uh, Mark was. Uh, Paul was a fisherman. Andrew was a Andrew that was with him. You mean you mean, Andrew. you mean Peter? Peter was a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Peter was it's okay. And uh, sorry about that. And uh, it's okay. Paul was murdering uh, Christians, bro. No, but these guys, <laughs> those, guys the, those guys were the 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 main bunch, you know. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, Peter, uh, Andrew, and uh, yeah, for sure. So the, those were some hardcore dudes. Like John, right. was, they were some pretty, pretty hardcore dudes. Bro. All right, for sure. All right, Dave, keep going, man, because I know you're you're probably in a in a groove. I'm sorry, man. I I uh, that's all right. I just want to. So 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 my viewpoint, and not not everybody's viewpoint of the he shall confirm the covenant covenant that says that's a messiah has the same viewpoint on the people, the prince that shall come. But my viewpoint, like I said, I try to prove it with scripture. And when I dig into it, that that's what it means. And then the, so in the midst of the week, Christ is crucified. And then when you see, when you see in the gospels and you see in the book of Romans, it says that the gospel went first to the Jew, then to the Greek, right? Well, why is that? Well, because of this, because of this promise. So the gospel first goes to the Jews in Jerusalem, you know, before it goes out. And you'll see a transition in the book of Acts once you get to Acts chapter 7 and you see the the indictment that Stephen lays down, you know, on, on uh, on the Pharisees and Sadducees there. And uh, that that's where they re- they rejected uh, Jesus Christ and the gospel. But, you know, the people weren't rejected. The, a remnant was saved and a remnant got out and a remnant it, took it, took it to the world. So, uh, so that's how I view the 70th week being started with Christ at the beginning of his, at, at his anointing, at his baptism, halfway through he's, he's crucified, which ends the sacrifice and obligation. And then, the, the second half of that week is the remaining week that they have as a nation to accept it. But in the end, they reject it. And Stephen is the transition point. So from there, it, it goes out to, it goes out to everybody. So uh, this is the historical viewpoint. The, the Protestant church actually taught this uh, all the way up in America. The dispensational viewpoint did not creep into the church until the 20th century. So in our, in our neck of the woods, it's very, very recent, very recent. So if you go very back, hmm. yeah, if you read commentators uh, like uh, Matthew Henry, Albert Barnes, uh, Adam Clark, uh, some of the commentators, great commentators from the 17th, 18th uh, century uh, and, and read what they say, you know, they're, they're on Bible Hub. They're on, uh, I use a app, uh, application called uh, eSword. You can download that software off the internet and you can download all these commentaries the geneva commentary john gill is another one that's that's good 
But uh, all these guys were saying the same thing. And the Protestant church knew that futurism was a product of the Jesuits and they did not, they didn't grab hold of it for several hundred years. It wasn't until it got into, it first got into Protestantism in England and the Primitive Brethren in the uh, early to mid 18th century, uh, 19th century. So mm. around the time of Mormonism, a lot of bad stuff crept up in the 19th century, a lot of isms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> a whole lot of isms, higher criticism, yeah. Marxism, what, what have you, <laughs> Mormonism. So, mm. and you know, there's all kinds of connections with the Freemasons and, and the Jehovah's oh, Witness. We can have a whole oh, podcast on that, dude. Yeah. And yeah, Jehovah's Witness. And also, um, uh, what's the other one? Christian science. Yeah. 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 There's the, the yeah. that's what I was going to do. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, go, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, the Jehovah's yeah, Witness Jehovah's as well. Sorry, Jehovah's Witness is another right. one that you could you could trace uh, right. Charles Tate back to to being a thirty second degree Mason also. So, right. so yeah. So my point of view, where I've gotten in the last couple of years, is it's not just eschatology. It changes your whole viewpoint on the New Testament, uh, the Israel of God, the Jerusalem of God, and the Temple of God. And uh, if you look in the new Testament on the definitions of all that, you'll see that the Israel of God is, you know, like Galatians 6, 15 through 16, for in Christ Jesus, Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. So the Israel, the true Israel is Jesus Christ. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 49, Christ is actually called Israel. So when he comes and he says, I am the door, I am the true vine, there's no way to the Father but through me. And you get to Romans chapter 11, he's the olive tree. The believing branches stay, the unbelieving branches are broke off, the believing branches of the wild olive tree are grafted in. And if the unbelieving branches continue not in their unbelief, they're grafted back in. And the book of Hebrews is all, all about. Uh, believing Jews and, and the sin of the book of Hebrews is unbelief, right? So he's, he's pleading with them. Don't go down that path of unbelief. Don't fall into unbelief, but continue to the end. So um. the true Israel, the true Israel of the new Testament that the new Testament teaches is one new man. I mean, you cannot read Galatia, uh, Ephesians chapter two verses 11 through 22 uh, with, without coming to that conclusion. It says that through Christ, Jew and Gentile, he's made one new man, right? So you see that uh, over and over and over and over. So the Israel of God, according to the New Testament, is Jew and Gentile in Christ. The Jerusalem of God is another tricky one, okay? Because we look at the Jerusalem over there in Israel as some fulfillment of prophecy, but it's, but it's not. It's part of the deception. The Jesuits created futurism, the Zionist movement, and, and the Christian Zionist movement started with this dispensationalism. And so you have a big deception over there. That's that's built by House Rothschild. That's yeah. not the Israel. 144,000 acres donated to Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if you oh, have sorry, this you... viewpoint, yeah, if you have this viewpoint that Christ is the true Israel and all those are in him are the true Israel, the dispensationalists will sling stuff at you like, hey, you're a you're a replacement theology. Ironically, they're the ones that are replacing Jesus Christ, the true Israel, with a counterfeit Israel, Rothschild Israel. So the Jerusalem hmm. of God, if you if you go to Galatians 4.24, 
24 through 26, it says, Jerusalem that now is, and this is before it was destroyed in 70 AD, is in bondage, as are her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free and mother to us all, right? And in Hebrews, that, that writer also says, uh, but you have not come to the mount that could be touched, but you have come to Mount Zion under the city of the living God in heavenly Jerusalem, right? So uh, I'm getting some text here. I'm talking too loud upstairs. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, we're, we're all good. Hey, this is where we just keep it rolling. Um, right. Okay. So you got the new Jerusalem is the Jerusalem of God in the new Testament and the temple of God, obviously we know is the church and, and our bodies. So that, that's what the definitions are under the new covenant. So dispensationalism will, will try to change those and say a third Jewish temple. How could a third Jewish temple be the temple of God? You know, it's not, you know, Zechariah chapter six says the branch will come and he will build the temple of God. And those who are far away will come and help him build it, which is a direct fulfillment in, in Ephesians chapter two. So, uh, so as we keep reading, as we keep reading in Daniel nine. Okay. So can we keep reading the verse? Cause we didn't even sure. finish the whole uh, yeah, Daniel 27. Yeah. So we got, we got halfway through it and we yeah. got to, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out on the desolate. So the desolate are the people that rejected Christ in, in, in Matthew chapter 23, uh, Jesus says, you know, after he, if he, after he told the Pharisees from the blood of Abel to Zacharias will come upon your heads upon that generation. And he gave the parable of the husbandmen with, with the vineyard. And, and they said, Hey, here's the heir, the son, let's kill him and take his inheritance as ours. So he, so he says to the Pharisees, what do you think he's going to do to that? Those guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So he said, yeah. Oh, Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, you know, thou that killest the prophets, you know, I would have gathered you, but you would not. He goes, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And that's how Matthew chapter 23 ends. And then in Matthew chapter 24, you have Jesus leaving the temple for the last time. And the not one stone will be left upon another. And then the all of it discourse happening. So the no. end of Daniel here, it, it, it is the rejection of the Messiah, him being dead killed the people his generation as, as a whole nation rejected him only the remnant accepted him and him confirming the covenant ending the sacrifice and obligation with his death on the cross and for them rejecting him he makes it desolate right because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation you will be laid to the ground until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate so according to josephus Almost word for word what Christ said in Matthew 24, the, the greatest tribulation to ever come upon those people. 1.1 million were, were killed and 90,000 were sold off into slavery in the Roman Empire. And that's how it ended. So that's, that's, that's how the 70 weeks ends. And from there, the Israel of God is all those in Christ, you know. So that's, that's how I view it. Okay. So uh, there's, there's very interesting. So, um, so Jason, and you know how it says the church age day, the 2000 years that, that, that Roger, Robert Breaker was talking about, you know, that big break that they have between the 69th and 70th week. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's 120 jubilees. Yeah. So 
that's the part that I was trying to find because Dave was asking me find find here in Daniel where it says that there's going to be like a, a two thousand year break or yeah. he said find find where the where it says that there that the 69th week goes and then it stops. So that was the part I was trying to find. You know, I it was testament when it says God will God God will won't be with man for his spirit won't strive with man it will be for like 120 days. But back then, that was 120 years. So when it says something about, uh, I'm trying to figure it out what it was, but it's man, hard, man. It's I hard because I was trying to find it too. But it's wow. uh, it's in there somewhere, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out, dude. I'll so, Dave, so Dave, yeah. where where are we at? Where are we at in your timeline then? As far as because in in the timeline that I had. I was like, with the next would be the rapture, then the seven year tribulation. Like that's right, the, right, my whole right. mindset is. Where are we at in your your timeline? Like, where, where do you think we're at? What do we have to look forward to in your interpretation of of of, of prophecy? Right. Good question. So I was exactly where you guys were a year, uh, two years ago, and uh, I was waiting for the rapture to happen and get me out of this mess. So it's not going to happen. But the good news is most of the symbolic symbols in in the book of revelation have already been fulfilled all those horrible ones so where we're at is exactly where jesus puts us on the timeline when he says uh you know behold i come as a thief blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame so he's saying he's saying church of laodicea you are here you are right here so once once i once i abandoned the seven-year tribulation dispensationalism then then i had to do a deep dive into well what biblically is the most correct eschatology? And you'll see that the book of Revelation is in layers. I mean, Revelation chapter 12, you have the woman giving birth to Christ. That doesn't happen in the tribulation. It's going back. Revelation chapter 12 is going back to the beginning of the church age, right? And so it's, it's in layers. So when you understand it's in layers and it's not in chronological order, there are some events that actually match up together. So at the end of chapter 16, you get this massive judgment and hailstorm coming, uh, coming down on everybody. And I, I think that is the same one as the destruction of the harlot in chapter 18 and also Revelation chapter 20, verse 9, when they come against the camp of the saints, the holy city. That's not earthly Jerusalem. That's new Jerusalem, which is the church. And how can you have how can you encircle the camp of the saints when they're spread out around the world in every every nation and, and every language? Well, you've seen that happen in the last hundred years. It's been an absolute assault on Christianity and God and everything that is morally has to do with God. So it's a spiritual battle, my friends. Uh, the yeah. battle of Armageddon is not a physical battle over in Israel. That is part of the end times deception. They created a fake Israel. They created fake. Uh, man-made doctrines where you know we got to where's the gap i got to find this 2000 year gap well what covenant is it first of all and who's the he well it's the prince above so and what is the context of the 70 weeks it's not about the end times tribulation it's not about an antichrist and it certainly is not about a peace treaty and for christ to be confirming the everlasting abrahamic covenant with his blood and then you know people to say it's a peace treaty that's uh, that's a little scary, uh, you know, theology there. So that's where that's where I, I started seeing some of this stuff. And and I'd never heard the other side of it. So here I am presenting you guys with it. And yeah. uh, you guys are truthers. 
And the, the one thing that we've all heard down the last couple of weeks is, or a couple of years is we've been digging and digging and digging and questioning all things. Like Paul says in first Thessalonians uh, 523, he says, uh, you know, prove all things and hold fast to that, which is good. So we yeah. know there's all kinds of deception. We, you know, to think that it didn't penetrate the churches, you know, is, is a question. Well, if you do some digging into the Rockefeller foundation, you'll find that the Rockefeller Foundation give huge amounts of money and funds to seminaries in America. Mm -hmm. So why would Rockefeller, who's a Luciferian, be giving money to seminaries, right? Yep. So, but, but dispensationalism went hand in hand with the same timeline as Zionism. So it's, it's a spiritual battle. The Church of Laodicea gets the warning at the Battle of Armageddon. So here we are, we stand fast. So when you see see people when you get to revelation chapter 18 what burns the harlot system to the ground well at the end of the chapter it tells you the pharmakia and why does this all happen at the end of chapter 17 it says that god has put it in their hearts the 10 kings to fulfill his will so god's saying okay i let the wheat and the tares grow together it's you know it's time burn it down burn the harlot down so you're going to see these guys have been burning the harlot down, but, you know, through their atheism and fake, you know, all this, all this mind control, all this Jesuit yeah. deception. Yeah. They've been burning it down, right? They've been taking people's souls from, from God with all these false, false. Yeah. Deception. I agree with so, this hundred percent. Yeah. So, so here we go. That's where we are. We're, we're waiting for the final barrage, whatever it is. So, I mean, you okay. can connect with, you know, to, to have the correct hermeneutic of scripture, it is how Jesus Christ and the New Testament authors, how they tell us what the covenants and the promises mean. So it's not, I go to the Old Testament and I want a literal fulfillment of this, this, and this. You'll end up in the same place that the first century Jews were looking and they wanted a political kingdom and they didn't want Jesus and the kingdom that he was coming. They didn't want that one. So they killed him. So which, which was all part of the plan. So yeah. the New Testament. He didn't live up with the Jews thought he was going to be. They thought he was going to be a warrior and a, the guy that was going to take over all the, no, he wasn't. He was, he came as, as right. a servant and, 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 and they didn't want that. They're like, they didn't, he didn't fit the criteria of what they thought was supposed right. to be a king and a, and a Messiah. The, the, the Mashirik Nagid. That's what I like to, uh, that's what I like to say. Like, 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 like the Mashirik Nagid. <laughs> So we can, I mean, we can go, we got, I mean, there's so much more material we can cover on all of it discourse, the book of Revelation, but uh, that's where we are in the book of Revelation. And like, like I started off the podcast with the blessings and the warnings, the curse and the warning, but the curse of whoever takes away from this book. And I feel dispensationalism does it because it says chapter four to chapter 19, that's all in the future and you don't need to worry about it. And by the way, that's for Israel. We're going to get out of here. Well, wait a minute, who's Israel? Who, who's Israel is defined by the New Testament authors, right? All those in Christ. So, you know, Jacob's trouble in the book of Jeremiah, that was the destruction of Jerusalem. You know, there was a three and a half period of, of horrible war there and the accumulation of it all was the, was the destruction of Jerusalem, total destruction of it, of, of the people that rejected Christ. And, and Christ said in the Olivet Discourse in Luke, these be the days of vengeance 
when all these things must be fulfilled. Obviously, we read part of it in, in the Daniel 70 weeks there about the, uh, well, the desolation. It was an interesting show. So the abomination of desolation, uh, what do you believe that is? Well, I believe uh, what it is is what Luke says it is in Luke 21 because he gives that additional information. He says, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, know that the desolation thereof is nigh. I think it's Luke 21, 20, if I'm not mistaken. Inside the, when you started worshiping in the most holy, highest of the holies, the, most holy, the holiest of the holies, when you enter there and start worshiping something else, that's when you start to, you know, wonder what's going on. But you guys got to understand that the, the time that we're going by has been messed with so many times throughout our lifetime. Like people didn't, they went by 360 days uh, instead of 365. So back way back in history, way before the, you know, like even, even 400, 300 BC, they were going by 360 day years. So even if you could time out this timeline perfectly, you would still be, you couldn't hit a nail it perfectly because you would have to account for the Gregorian calendar. You'd have to account for all this other stuff that that's, that's going on. And it's very hard to do that. You know, you're, you're talking, many years off if, if it's from that time timeline for so you'd be it would be hard to calculate it yep. right there's a lot of deception out there so all right dave so i think i think you wrapped up good on 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 the whole daniel and everything and and how you how you feel um i think it was a great show man and uh what we'll do is we'll have you on in the future on like we'll do like some rapture and second coming type type deal and see see where you're at on that you know I agree with you a lot on that stuff, Dave. I'm not. I would. I don't think I disagree on, on, on probably like 99 percent of it. I just. I, I can't disagree with you on it. I, I. I. You're supported by scripture, so I can't disagree with you on it because you brought scripture and truth with it. So I'm not going to say hey, that's you're wrong, Dave. No, I, I would. You. You. You open my mind to a different way to look at it. And thank you. I appreciate it because it's. 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 Uh. If. If you. If you want to be diligent and and go through your Bible expositionally and you, and you start to learn how to do that because. Some people that when COVID hit, they didn't they didn't sit there and start going through their Bible. They were just start they started just freaking out and getting getting scared. And when you started going through your Bible, you know, you started to draw closer to God and started he's probably started opening your eyes to different things. So I commend you, man. That's awesome. Hey, thank thank you guys. Thanks for uh, letting me come on your show and and show a different different point of view. Uh, the Daniel seventy weeks is important. I mean, the, it's Christ versus satan almost on who fulfills the, the confirming the covenant there so it's uh it's pretty important stuff and i appreciate the time that you allowed to uh put forth the the different viewpoint to your audience you know because i wish i would have uh had this viewpoint presented to me earlier in my life you know so so i could get to it for sure i, th I appreciate you coming on and and guys like we always say do your own research check out what we're what we're talking about i mean we'll have i'm gonna try to um have a couple, uh, you know, PDFs for you guys to to be able to read and go through. Um, study your word, guys. Like uh, like Dave did. Like uh, on during, um, you know, during this, uh, you know, COVID, he he was studying the Bible more, you know, and getting closer to God. And that's what we should all be doing, you know. And and uh, use your time if if you, if you did have time off of work, I would hope that you guys would be reading the Bible. Now, if you if you're just beginning. You know, if you're just a beginning Christian and you're listening to our show for the conspiracy side and we're kind of drawing you, hopefully drawing you to, to God and to, and to Jesus Christ, then um, this might be a little advanced for you. But, you know, just start getting a foundation, reading the New Testament, uh, getting it down. Go ahead, Jason. I, I see you want to say something. Go ahead. 
if you if you really want to understand it, it, it think of it like this: if a professor is going to give you all the answers in this book, what do you think that professor wants you to do when you have a test? He really wants you to pass that test. So if you study diligently and go through it, you will understand that 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 all the answers are in this book, and 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 he will you will pass the test if you if you if you really. If you really are a, a diligent uh, servant to him, you will find you will find all the answers you need. Yes, and guys, thank you so much for listening. If you guys could please subscribe to uh, the YouTube uh, and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we definitely appreciate it. If you listen to the very end, I want you to please leave me a comment because I love when you guys listen to the show all the way to the end. Um, all right, let's end this in prayer. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for connecting us with Dave. Uh, we know that he's definitely diligent. He's a good servant for you. Um, this is a perspective that was new to me, Lord, and I appreciate you bringing it to me. And And I'm going to have to do some studying and looking it up. And if you could please uh, help us with some discernment um, like you did with Dave and, and help us to, uh, you know, guide us through uh, understanding these end times and some of these prophecies. It's it's some sometimes it's difficult for some and some people have a great mind for this. So uh, please bless us with the discernment to understand these prophecies. And thank you for the clear connection. We appreciate it, Lord. And Father God, I pray for anybody out there that's going through any tough times, anybody that's going through addictions, any type of chains, any type of, um, you know, please, please break their chains and help them, you know, please. Um, I have some family members, Lord, as you know, you know who it is. I'm not going to put them on blast here, but Lord, uh, please help them out. They need you right now, Lord, uh, as much as anybody does. So thank you so much, Lord. I love you. I appreciate everything you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for the show. I really appreciate it. This is a great show. Awesome. Love you guys.